Hey, what up, Long Beach? Let's go batter up another episode of the LBFE show coming your way with special guest Dirtbags head coach Eric Valenzuela. But first, let's bring him on because it's his show. It's Long Beach State Athletics Director Andy Fee. Andy, how are you? JJ, how are you? It's a great day to be here at the beach. That's all I know. It's been a great week. We are just chock full of sports here at Long Beach uh, State and obviously Long Beach, the city at large. People coming back, being active. It's absolutely great to see. We're actually able to write final scores in our stories. So that's pretty cool. But I think top of the list right now, this weekend, Long Beach State Dirtbags coming back to Bull Diamond at Blair Field for their home opening series against CSUN. That's going to be the first game Friday night at 6, the doubleheader on Saturday starting at noon, and then concluding Sunday at 1 p.m. Now, obviously, the Dirtbags coming off a tough weekend. You know, it looked like they were headed for a season opening win Friday night at Hawaii, but then two errors in the ninth inning submarined that, and then they lose the double header on Saturday. They come back and win on Sunday, but you're going to hear from Eric Valenzuela how much they uh, wanted more from that weekend. Did you get a chance to see any of those games on streaming, Andy? Oh, yeah, I was up late. I was up late on Friday night and uh, tough one. I, I didn't get to bed till probably three o'clock. I, I just couldn't I couldn't get I couldn't put I couldn't compartmentalize it uh, quick enough. But, um, you know, that trip and, and coach will will we'll talk about it. But that I always I always talk to people about that trip to Hawaii. It's 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 never easy. It's never easy. You know, I mean, it sounds, you know, glamorous going to Hawaii and Hey, of course, Hawaii's great. Nothing, <laughs> nothing against that, but it is a business trip and it is sandwiched in with not a lot of free time. You're not hanging out at the beach. You're going to a place that's a five hour plus flight. Um, you know, they've got the, the weather there. That's a little more unique than here. Um, and they're a good ball club. So, you know, not, not what we wanted, but um, for out of the gate with that type of road trip, there, there's still a lot of positives that we can take away, in my opinion. And I know Coach feels the same way. Well, that's a perfect segue because, you know, a lot of positives, but not what you want is that the Big West is trying to find a way to get fans back at these games, specifically the outdoor events. But of course, as we learned during the basketball season and beyond, it's tough for you guys over there working with the local health department that is uh, very careful with how they do things. So give us an update. How close are we to getting fans back at Bull Diamond at Blair Field? Because Honestly, I'm very excited to be there this weekend, but it's not going to feel right without Dirtbag Nation. Yeah, it's going to definitely feel a lot different. And um, our goal, President Conley, myself, is to get fans back. So if uh, the city public health folks uh, allow us, we will have fans at our outdoor events. Um, limited capacity and, and there'd be some requirements, you know, temperature checks at the door, you know, things like that. And obviously where people would be sitting. But um, if, if, if we're allowed by public health, we, we will have fans out at the spring outdoor events. Now, timeline, um, it's an ongoing conversation. So we are politicking and presenting our case and our plan, how we want to keep everybody safe. And uh, we think it's a good plan, but obviously the city has to sign off on that and allow us that um, college sports is in its own little world. It's different than high school. High school is classified as a youth sport. So they have their own deal in, in terms of um, who they can have at games. So unfortunately, it's not a one size fits all, but we're working hard. And as soon as we can, 
we'll have fans out at uh, Bull Diamond at Blair Field and uh, our other venues, hopefully. Would it make it easier or more possible, I guess, if those fans were family members, if you guys were putting a onus on the family? Like, if, if you want people there, here are two tickets, give them, to your, give them to your parents or, you know, your brothers and sisters or whatever. Is that at all in the plan? So, yeah. So, um, you know, that's one of the primary things we want to do is allow families to come see their, their son or daughter compete. Um, not that we don't want, you know, other fans or folks to see it, but um, you know, it's really important that, that families be able to support their loved ones. So yes, part of um, the, the repopulating of, of Bull Diamond would be around uh, a certain percentage and making sure that families got in, whether it's two tickets or four tickets, you know, I guess it depends on the venue and the maximum occupancy, but um, that would be one of the first things we would want to take care of. And then as many um, fans as we could get in otherwise uh, would be the next goal. So um, you know, whether it's a lottery system, it depends on demand. You know, if, if, uh, uh, if we're at 20% at Bold Diamond, that could be maybe, well, 20% would be about 600 people. And that number has to include everybody, the, the two teams. So it's, it's everybody in the venue. Um, but we want to get as many people as safely as we can into the venue. And, and I feel good about it. I think we have a plan for, for sanitizing, for social distancing, um, you know, temperature checks on the way in. Uh, we don't take anything for granted. We, we don't want to put anyone um, in harm's way. Um, certainly, we can't ever guarantee anything, but I think what we can say is that we will provide a safe environment as soon as the city allows us to let those fans and families in. So the media will be there. I'm very excited to be there. And we're also going to see some scouts. What did you guys have to do in order to allow those scouts to come? And as you'll hear Eric Valenzuela say, uh, that's important. That's important to him, the program, and obviously these kids who are trying to get to the show eventually. Yeah. So, you know, our argument basically in, in a weird way, and it may sound odd, but we said that they're, um, they're vital and required. Um, I mean, maybe not to play the game, but in part of the event and what we're doing, um, certainly we want our student athletes, as we always say, you're going to compete in the classroom and on the field of competition. And in this case, uh, the field of competition is, is Bull Diamond and the unique circumstances, Major League Baseball and the drafting. Uh, it's different than other sports. Softball does not have a draft. Um, they don't have that component in what it is. And as we've proven over the years, we have a lot of guys drafted. And sometimes the difference between getting drafted and not drafted or drafted in the fifth round versus the 25th round could be one series where a scout shows up. I mean, I, I've talked with coach and he may talk about this, but um, last year we played 15 games and we had two guys in a five round draft, five rounds only, two guys drafted based off of 15 games. And um, I think it makes a huge difference. And again, we want to do it safely. They'll be, you know, they're not there as fans, first of all, they're there working, um, just like the media is working. They're there to do a job, which is to report back to, to their bosses. So um, there'll be social distance. Whole, I mean, you know, they have to sign up and go through all these checks. And so it's not just simply showing up and saying, hey, I'm a scout. They have to go through a pretty robust process. But for us, we just said, this is people's futures. You know, again, um, it's a big deal. And, and I'm thankful for um, our public health folks for 
for allowing that and, and, and understanding of why it's really required. I feel it's a requirement. I'm sure the scouts could watch online. Yeah, I, that's, but to be there in person and to see it is, is a way different way to scout and recruit. I can tell you based upon how our coaches are having to recruit over video and um, it's not the same as being in person. So I'm really excited for our student athletes, our players um, that they have the ability now um, at the home games to be seen. And I think that's a big deal, especially for us having our home opener this weekend. Home opener this weekend, opening night Friday. Obviously, we all want to be there, and we can't. But you guys, uh, Benny with marketing, you guys did a great job folding over homecoming. So Friday is going to be homecoming, and you guys are doing some virtual events, right? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, I, I, I normally wouldn't say it's exciting to have a virtual homecoming, but that's the world that we're in. And uh, it would be great to be able to say we're all out there tomorrow night. But what we can do and, you know, like I shared, um, um, I did a short little video about what homecoming means to me. And I said, um, it means being able to gather, even if it's virtually, um, about something we love, which is Long Beach State, the dirt bags. So, um, you know, this weekend, tomorrow night, we're going to have a lot of interactive videos, um, promotions, all kinds of things that, yeah, you know, they're not at the yard, uh, but hopefully engage our fans. And again, I'm going to keep plugging it. Hopefully, before the end of this, uh, this dirtbag season and, and the other season, softball and beach, that those fans will be able to come out there. But we want to still engage our fans uh, as best we can with the tools that we have. And uh, we're going to have a virtual homecoming, and it's going to be the best virtual homecoming out there. I can guarantee you that. A wholly unique experience. Isn't that what baseball is all about? Just getting completely unique experiences and stacking them up. So that should be fun. More information about that available at longbeachstate.com right now. Where are baseball? Not the only thing happening. All of a sudden, everything's happening. Top of the list right now. Got to be men's volleyball. Back in action last weekend. The defending NCAA national champions, let's not forget, they got their little condensed Big West schedule started and split a pair of matches with number three, UC Santa Barbara, Long Beach State number 10 in the nation right now, but really cool, extended their home winning streak to 20 games, It's the second best in program history, building a fortress over there at Walter Pyramid. You got to really love that, Andy. You came along at a time where men's volleyball was very good. Then they get to host the NCAA tournament at home. They got a home winning streak going right now. It's 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 looking nice over there. Did you get a chance to see any of that action? Yeah, it's 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 great, and I'm getting to enjoy the hard work that others are putting in. Trust me, Coach Knipe and 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 the campus administration, all of those things that have helped us continue um, that 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 previous success that you referenced and, and moving forward. And yeah, this is a fun team. It's 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 a younger team. Um, a lot of great, lot of great athletes, but you know, some unknowns, we're going to learn um, what, what, what the future holds, but you know, even in a year where, you know, maybe we're not ranked number one, this is a, this is a top team. This is, we still believe that we're a top team in the country. Uh, Santa Barbara has a very good program. Uh, you know, I hope, you know, certainly obviously it says number three ranked, but they have a lot of returning firepower. So, you know, a split with Santa Barbara, for us, in, in a year where we've had limited activity, um, Santa Barbara, they've had way more activity, practice, et cetera, than we've had. So, I, you know, I like our chances still. We are the defending champions, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I, I feel we're still the man here. And uh, especially at home, 
as you said, we vault and lock that thing up. You're going to have to come in uh, to the Walter Pyramid and uh, you know duel, duel us to the death because we're not going to go down uh, without a fight. And it was great to see the team rebound. You know, we lose three one up at Santa Barbara at Rob Jim, tough little place to play, and we come back and rebound. So I think that tells me a lot about this team and the resiliency. And the more that they get to play, just like the dirt bags, and you know, as we're seeing now with softball, they're starting to get hot a little bit. I, I feel good about where we go. You know, knock on wood, we stay healthy. Love the direction. You mentioned it. They're young, but the Beach Babies are balling. Redshirt sophomore Spencer Olivier had a career night in that victory, notching a double-double with 16 kills and 17 assists. And then a name you might recognize, freshman setter Aiden Knight was named the Big West Conference Freshman of the Week. He is averaging 12 assists per set, which right now is number one in the nation, which is pretty cool. Like I mentioned, they're taking on UC Irvine on Friday at Walter Pyramid and then hitting the road on Saturday for that little home-and-home -home series. Softball, like Andy said, getting going right now. They picked up their seventh win last week, taking down UC Riverside. Got to shout out Alyssa Gonzalez, who had five hits and four RBIs in the three-game series. But big shouts to senior Susie Brookshire, who set a program record by hitting three home runs in the final game on Monday, part of a 7-3 victory. Three home runs, Andy. Have we ever hit even one home run? I, I mean, you know, it's like I, I said on uh, on Twitter, you know, it's like I, I like to quote Phil Mickelson hitting bombs. Right. I mean, <laughs> Suji just hitting bombs out at Campus Diamond and uh, a lot of fun to watch. You're not going to see that very often, you know, anywhere at any level that a player is going to hit three bombs in one game. And uh, it's great to see Susie off to a hot start. Um, you mentioned Alyssa. Uh, and so many others, uh, Kelly White, um, that team, the more they play, the better they're going to be. And I, I, I really like where they're at. They've got a good mentality from what I've seen so far. Again, the X factor is always staying healthy. So if we can stay healthy, um, again, another team that's trajectory is, is really going up. Got to go over to the pool, see women's water polo, where the Shayna Welch era has begun. She's a first-year head coach, but she's the associate head coach under Gavin Arroyo for the last year. Uh, they did drop their first two games of the Big West schedule against UC Irvine over the weekend, uh, but they're scheduled to play only 11. So it's, you know, a very quick season for them. It's all going to be conference play until the conference tournament that starts April 30th. They're going to visit UC Davis this weekend. Who cares how long it is? They're out there and they're playing. Was that kind of the approach for the Big West Conference when talking about things like women's water polo? Yeah, and, you know, every game is a gift, really. I mean, it sounds cliche, but every game, every opportunity is a gift. Um, you know, tough, you know, tough to open up against number five ranked Irvine. Um, you know, that's no excuse, but uh, I think people will... Shana Welch is an unbelievable water polo coach. She was an All-American absolute stud at the University of Michigan as an athlete. And the fact that we have her leading the team, um, she learned a lot from Gavin. Um, this allows, and you know, we talked about this last year when we made the change, allows Gavin to focus on the men's program, give all his energy to that, and also allow uh, Shana to devote that time and attention um, that programs really need. A lot of programs out there have one coach that does both. One's a fall, men are in the fall typically, uh, the women are in the spring, but we really believe in our water polo programs and we wanna resource them to allow them um, to be the best. And I, I don't think, um, 
last year it was disappointing. I, I, again, I, I can't remember the record off the top of my head, but women's water polo, they were playing great water polo last year when we had to pull the plug, unfortunately. And I think moving ahead, a lot of, you know, I'm a broken record, but even in limited capacity, it's not just these games that we want to win here in this shortened season, but moving ahead, you know, we've got to focus on the future at the same time, not lose sight of what's in front of us, but position ourselves that when we hit the ground running um, in the fall, um, that, that we're good to go. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the season, as you mentioned, is a short season and it'll be quick. Uh, but again, when it's quick like that, so many things, crazy things can happen. We've seen it this year. Look at men's basketball in the tournament. Uh, the women's side's been a little more predictable, but on the men's side, I, you, we're going to see more of that out there as well. Recently, the men's water polo championship was held. Uh, I serve on the committee and it was uh, held at USC and you had USC and UCLA playing for the championship match. The one and two seeds, Stanford and, and Cal, they lost. They didn't make it to the finals. So this is a year where, you know, fans, you've seen it, get ready, get used to it. It's going to be a, a roller coaster of emotions. And uh, if we stay healthy, again, I'm a broken record. Um, you know, we've learned a lot of resiliency and, and I'll take that to the bank every day. Speaking of teams getting back into action, track and field was back on the well, track and field at the Trojan Invitational over the weekend. And two Long Beach State student-athletes earned awards over the weekend. Anita Graves was named the Female Track Athlete of the Week from the Big West, and P.J. Shiba was named the Male Athlete of the Week for the Big West. Graves runs the 800-meter, Andy, 212 in the 800-meter. That's sixth at the invite, but third in the conference and 10th in program history. For my money, and I know you're a runner, so you're going to have an opinion on it, the 800 meter is the toughest race in the world because it's two brutal. sprint laps. It's brutal. It's the most brutal, in my opinion, other than, you know, maybe the hurdles. It, I, I mean, it is brutal because it is flat out pedal to the metal. And um, you have to be mentally strong, resilient, a rock because, yeah, maybe that first lap, trust me, you get three quarters of the way in that race. That, that final quarter, brutal. That is, that is all mental. So to run, you know, 212 and change, um, that is amazing and uh, really speaks to, to what they've been able to do in a short period of time. Exciting. PJ Shiba, uh, also a great performance at the Trojan Invite. Over seven foot in the high jump. That is tied for second in the NCAA West region right now. Tied for third in the country and it's going to rank him sixth all time at Long Beach State. So impressive stuff from them. They're going to be back in action this weekend. Uh, the throwers also had a great weekend at the Trojan Invite. So we'll obviously have that covered as well. Beach volleyball going to go up to San Luis Obispo this weekend for the Big West Challenge. And men's golf is actually at Stanford right now, the Goodwin Golf Course up there in NorCal for their three-day tournament that starts today. Obviously, all of that Long Beach State athletics coverage is available at the562.org. We've got the newsletter, the videos, the previews, recaps, photos, Twitter updates, and interaction for LB Nation to get all your information. We now welcome on our special guest for the week. He won a CIF title as a player there, and this weekend he's bringing his dirt bags back to Bull Diamond at Blair Field for the home opening series. It's Eric Valenzuela. What's up, Coach? How are you? Yes, I feel great, man. I'm great. Good to be here. Honored to be here, as always, with you. 
Yeah, you guys are back from the islands and up and down weekend. Let's just get right into it. We already talked to Andy about you guys coming home for homecoming. So we'll talk about that at the end. But first series in a year, you guys got to get on a plane. You got to go to the islands. You're playing in the elements. Walk us through it. How was that trip to Hawaii? Yeah, um, well, we're always real talk, you and I, JJ. So, I mean, it, it's... Uh... It sucked, you know, when you go one and three on the road, it's never good. Um, and so, you know, our expectations are through the roof. I think the expectations of good play is at a super high level, regardless of the amount of practice time or whatever. Those are all just excuses that we refuse to, to make. Um, so we have to get better. We have to do a better job coaching. We got to do a better job of, of guys getting in there. And, and, you know, we're not going to use lack of experience, whether they're freshmen or new guys or whatever it may be, um, we got to play better baseball. Now, can't take anything away from Hawaii. They're a really good team. They, they, uh, they have a great record. They play good at home. Um, you know, that's a tough, you know, historically a tough place to play. The weather, it rained almost every minute that we were there. I think all of that, the positive of this is there's, there's a lot of positives. I think, you know, it's number one is that we played a very good team right off the bat um, that have really good pitching and they play their field really well. They're older. Uh, very well coached and that that is going to help us moving forward I think the elements the rain the turf um, all of that is going to make us you know better as well um, and then the how the boys responded you know Friday night's game you know when you have arguably the best you know pitcher in the conference on the ropes to get a loss and you know I mean we take them down to the last out and that's a very very emotional um, you know first game and then have to come right back the next day and have a double header again um, it took its toll a little bit. And, and even that Friday game, we had so many opportunities early and before that game uh, or during that game early um, that, you know, we could have opened it up a little bit more. But the boys responded after those three games and they could have, you know, put their heads down. And in and, um, and, and that fourth game, we're, we're able to, you know, come back and get a W. And even then we have a four nothing lead. They have a big inning. Um, where they tie it up and we could have went to immediately could have went to the oh here we go again you know it's four four now we had a four nothing lead and, and our, our boys kept fighting and and again even that game was a little sloppy from a defensive side of things and and so we have a lot to work on and improve and get better but um, like I said I think you know us opening up there the travel um, you know the long flight the the all of that is is going to benefit us moving forward and into this coming weekend against a, another good team with, with Cal State Northridge. What was the travel like? I know you and I talked last week. You guys were going to the airport to take COVID-19 tests because you were going interstate. What was, the, what was that travel like, just getting on an airplane? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the travel restrictions or protocols to get to Hawaii were, were you know, pretty strict. I mean, we had to get tested um, through a certain company, um, that we had to go to Long Beach Airport to get tested. And then we end, ended up flying, that was the day before. So I believe that was on a Wednesday. And then we had to fly out of LAX on Thursday morning. You know, we flew there, it was a six hour and 10 minute flight. We get in, um, we have a good practice and we practice in the rain. And what's good about it is, you know, before we had a couple of rainy days here in Long Beach. And, you know, I kept on mentioning to these guys, you know, that this is how it's gonna be when we get to Hawaii, I promise you. I played there for, this is my 20th year of coaching and I've been there probably five or six uh, years and played there and it's always rained. Um, and so we got a night practice in, um, in the rain, which was good. And, and um, you know, got to a hotel, got, and again, this is a good opportunity for our boys to, to kind of gel, right? I mean, when we have four weeks of practice, I think 
we're not going to use the excuse of the baseball part of this thing, but you know, when you have a, a lot of new guys, a lot of freshmen that fall, you know, we do a lot of things to, to team build, you know, and to get to know each other and to get this thing clicking. And we just weren't able to do that this year. And so a trip like Hawaii, being in the hotel, being around the guys, you know, you know, getting meals and all that. I mean, that, that's all going to be good, you know, and then um, and then obviously, you know, the travel back, we, we play a Sunday game, we get the win, um, our flights at 1050 p.m., you know, we take the red eye, get in at 740 into LAX in the morning. You know, we get here and and um, and then we have practice, you know, Tuesday and, and we grind it through a good practice Tuesday. And, um, you know, they they I know they're tired. They were tired and, and they grind it through and we're positive. And I know the good thing, too, and I mentioned it to the team was that, you know, obviously with the way we played and our expectations, practices, not that they're not always important, but now they understand that, hey, these practices mean a lot. You know what I mean? They, every practice means a lot based off of how we, you know, how we played and we have to get these practices in. A lot of times, you know, during season, you've had so many practices and you've worked so hard that, that during season, yes, you are practicing, still grinding, but you're also maintaining, right? You're also making sure that our guys get healthy right after a tough weekend. You know, you want to give a guy a day or whatever, or light it up, you know, or, or be a little bit lighter on practice, you know, just to catch up. Well, we don't have that time. We, we every week for us, we have to practice hard. We have to grind it because of that time that we missed. And so every practice is important. This was a very important week of practice. And we were able to hit on some things that I felt like we were missing this last weekend. So hopefully that can carry over to the weekend. I always say that you could learn more about a person by going on a three-day road trip with them than you could by knowing them for like 30 years. Mm -hmm. You just know each other on the road. Did you see your team getting to know each other and did a personality for this group kind of emerge from that road trip? Yeah, I think, I think there was some toughness. You know, I think, I think that, um, um, you know, there were still some guys feeling out each other, didn't really know how they were going to react. I mean, practice is different than playing a game. I mean, it really is. Even when you're playing in inter-squad games and, and, um, you know, and then all of a sudden you have another team in there. So you get to see, you know, for some part what these guys are made of. And then they're able to. And the great thing about this game is that, you know, even when you do struggle, we had some guys go out there for the first time in their careers at, at, at Long Beach State or careers in college. And they struggled, you know, and, and they hadn't struggled like that these last four weeks of practice. And so all of that is good. Um, and I think just. You know, when you go through these wars, right? I mean, every game was a war. We could have went 4-0 and we could have went 0-4 in every single game, right? So when you go through the trenches with each other and you're going through ups and downs and guys are, you know, having big hits and big pitches and made mistakes and errors and a big at-bat, they might have struck. You just, you do this thing together and, and it makes you closer, you know, regardless of the result, you know, just going through those battles make you closer. And, and yeah, so I feel that. And, um, and I feel, you know, we have to have a chip on our shoulder coming back. That is not, you know, from, from our standpoint of things, going one and three, I don't care if we had no days of practice. That is not acceptable, and we have to play better baseball. And our guys understand that it doesn't matter who we play. We have to play good baseball to win. We have to play good baseball, regardless of how talented we may think we are. You and I talked earlier for the season preview, and the biggest concern you told me was protecting the arms making sure these guys were healthy, not hurrying them back too much, letting them throw their way back into game shape. Who do you think was the most impressive on the mound at Hawaii? Well, I thought Matt Fields was, was huge. You know, I think he, you know, he, he came in and pitched twice and, and in that win, he kind of, 
you know, even in that Sunday game, Hawaii was was very good offensively at their place. They really made us pitch. We walked more guys than we normally ever do, you know, and and um, and what he was able to do, we got to the six with the lead. Um, and it was like base runners every inning for those guys, you know, and we always had the leadoff guy on for when we were on defense. And what was he was able to do in that last game was just stop it, you know, and had that big sixth inning where he struck out the side and it just quieted their bats. And it just, you know, it kind of gave everybody like like a, just a deep breath. OK, he's going to come in, he's going to throw strikes and, and he's going to be tough on the mound. Um, and then, you know, he comes back and throws a great seventh and gives the ball up to Dev the Harrison and, you know, and then he just closes the show. And so um, I thought Fieldsy was great. Um, and you know, the funny story about this, and, and I'm sure, you know, you, you can, you can not rag him, but you can talk to him about this, but his last outing, the last weekend before we start opened up at Hawaii. So his last outing before he pitched in Hawaii, he gave up five runs in one inning, couldn't get out of the inning. He was the only guy that we had to flip over. We had two outs. He couldn't get the last out of the inning against our offense. And, I had to turn it over. I had to say, Hey, flip it, you know, cause he was throwing too many pitches and, you know, he got battered and beat up, you know, and, and then, you know, that first opportunity that we have a lead boom, he's in there. Cause I know, you know, I, I know that he's tough and when the lights are on and he's on the mound, he's going to do it and he's going to be tough and he's going to give you a chance. And so that was also a good lesson for our players, our young players to see that, Hey man, you may get punched in the face and, and you got to be able to, to, to clear it and get out there and do your job the next time you get the ball. So, that was a big example for us, for sure. Matty Boy, he's our guy. Covered him awesome. at Lakewood High School. He's actually doing an internship with us right now. So, yeah, we love that. Love him. Uh, you know who else we love? Connor Cox. Holy cow. That kid's great, man. Over 600 on base percentage for the weekend at Hawaii. Just part of that incredibly talented outfield you guys got. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he's special. He leads the charge. I mean, he hit third, I think, the first three games, and then we put him in the leadoff spot, and he – um, he, he just does, he does everything, you know, and not only that, he's just a great person, you know, he's such a good teammate. Um, but I mean, he could really, um, he could really go get in the outfield and he's a threat on the bases. And I think he had four stolen bases on the weekend. I mean, he's, he's a really, really good player. And, and, um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, these pro scouts are foaming at the mouth, you know, to see him play, which is, you know, brings us into this weekend and they're going to get to see that opportunity, which is awesome. You know, and I want to thank our administration and Andy and Mark Edrington for, for allowing that and, and, uh, and having, you know, being able to have scouts in the stands for, for home games uh, because these guys are chasing their dream. And that's what you come to Long Beach state for. And you see all these historic players and guys that, you know, go on and, and, um, and we want our guys to continue to have those opportunities. So that's huge for us moving forward. So a guy like Connor Cox is an exciting player who is going to have that opportunity for sure. He was brand new last season. You got some other new faces around with Diamond right right now. Uh, a couple guys from JCs too, like Luke Chung. How have they been? Yeah, so I mean, hey, just like everybody else, I think the the getting that first weekend um, out of the way is good. You know, I look at a guy like Jack Noble, who's our third starter, who arguably was our best. You know, was our best guy coming into the season, and he struggled um, his his start. You know, he didn't get through the first, but. Then his, you know, I put him back in on Sunday and give him that chance. I mean, he comes to me after the game and after his, you know, his, his tough start and says, Hey, I want the ball tomorrow. You know, I'm, anything you do, you know, anything uh, I can do, I'm in. So I give him the ball again. He didn't throw, he threw like what, 20 pitches on uh, Saturday game two and got back in there and um, had a big inning for us, got out of a jam. And, um, um, and so, yeah, I mean, he, 
those guys, again, he's just another guy, a JC guy's first time out. Marquise Johnson's another guy. I mean, we have some JC guys that, that, you know, the more time they get, the better they're going to get. So we're excited. I, I, I just feel like our depth is, is good. The one thing we, we did, you know, we're going to lose uh, Alex Pimentel, who's arguably one of our top three hitters too. Um, we're going to lose him for a couple of weeks. He, on the squeeze play we had, he, he slid wrong and he had a slight fracture in his hand. So he'll be out for, for a couple of weeks, um, which sucks, you know, but again, you know, we look at it like it's just another opportunity for somebody to step up. And when, when, when Alex comes back, then we'll have another guy, right. That picked up the slack for him that now is going to be game ready and, and is going to help us through the middle to the end of the season. You're excited about a couple of your freshmen too. Uh, Connor Burns, Jonathan Long, how'd those guys look in their, in their first action? Nervous. They look nervous. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the truth. Um, you know, but again, like I said, they're freshmen, you know, them being freshmen is different than others, right? I mean, their freshman year has been four weeks of practice and then they get to go, right? So you got, you got probably 15 at-bats that these guys have had at this level when they got their first at-bats. And I'm not making excuses for them at all. They, they know that, that uh, you know, but again, it, just to get through that weekend in that environment is so good for guys like Connor Burns and guys like Johnny Long, you know what I mean? And Noah Carbajal, who's going to be a big part of what we're doing, you know, pitching-wise as well um, this year as a true freshman. And so a um, lot of good, you know, I mean, the bad was the results, right? I mean, and that's, that's a, uh, you know, I, I want to win games. I want to go to Omaha. That's, that's our goal. And, and so um, we have to do a better job. And, and um, but in order for us, and we understand in order for us to, to not go one and three, uh, we have to play good baseball. We have to, you know, I always talk about the three areas. You want to win baseball games? Here's the three areas. You got to throw quality strikes. You got to throw quality strikes. They threw more quality strikes than we did. We have to execute offensively. They executed offensively better than we did. And we have to play great defense. And they played better defense than we did on the weekend, which is why we went one and three. It's that simple. So with the NCAA eligibility relief, you guys have an extra large roster this year. I know it's still early and obviously later in the season, you're going to see the starting lineup shake out a little bit more, but so far, how have you seen the guys react to the fact that there's just more dudes around? Well, I think it benefits us here at home. I think on the road, it's tough, right? As a coach, these guys are all working hard. You know, you have 48 guys, they're all grinding, working hard, and you can only take 30 on the road, right? So that, that sucks. It sucks for them. It sucks for the coaches because you have to make those decisions. And I'll tell you what, that, that went down to the last possible day of who we were actually going to bring or not, you know, and that, that's, and having those conversations with kids that they deserve it. You feel like they deserve it too, but you know, hey, we may need, another infielder we may need another arm you know so another catcher whatever it may be but being here at home now you can suit all these guys up now there still has to be a 30-man roster right you know but you have everybody there they're all going through batting practice together they're all you can't have them all in the dugout but they can all be part of the group right you can have certain guys in the dugout you have guys in the that we're going to have in the picnic area and in the bullpen so they're involved they can bring that energy to us they could also see it you know, right in front of their eyes. So we have some younger guys that are going to help us down the road, whether it's next, you know, whether it's at some point this year or, you know, next year, the year after. So I want them to have that experience. And plus it just brings that team together because it's such a big team, you know, and, and for me, the more, the merrier, the more energy you got, it's, it's, uh, um, it's going to be better. And so I'm excited that these guys get an opportunity, whether they, you know, maybe they might not be on the roster of the 30 man roster, but they're going to be there and they're going to feel every part of the team as they should. 
Well, you mentioned it, the freshmen just getting a few weeks of practice before their first real action. Do you think that the older teams, specifically in the Big West Conference, are going to have an advantage because the majority of their roster will have seen and done it before? Absolutely. And I, and I still believe that that should be us. You know, you have guys like Calvin Estrada, Aiden Mom, Chase Luttrell, Connor Cox, Pinmentel, Greeley, Cole Joy, Jimenez. I mean, you got all of these guys, Alfredo Ruiz, Fields. You know, you got a lot of guys that have a lot of experience that, you know, Sonny Rivera, you know, and, and he's been banged up and hopefully he's making a return soon. But, um, you know, you hope that's an advantage for us, you know. Um, and so, uh, again, we have such a great group of older guys um, and, and, you know, they're starting to gel really well with our young guys. And again, it's different than, you know, when you're zooming, you know, the whole time, it's a lot different than being, you know, going through practices and grinds with each other. And, and I feel like the more experience we get with that being together, it's only going to help us um, with that moving forward. Here. How have you guys been doing with the protocols and everything COVID-19 related, uh, you know, so far so good, but how has that uh, affected your schedule and how the boys are, you know, moving around? It's been super organized. I mean, our administration has been unbelievable with it. Um, the super organized, um, you know, with everything, understand, giving these guys just a total calendar of what they're supposed to do every single day. It, it runs like clockwork. It's It's been great, man. Um, you know, I mean, obviously we want to be, you know, we've been, we can get in our offices now, which is unbelievable. I mean, that's a big deal. I know it doesn't seem like, I mean, having a home office versus being able to come to Blair and get in our office and get some, get work done with your assistant coaches is a big deal. It really is. Instead of having to sit outside or in the dugout, that's a big deal. Um, but as far as the protocols, it is what it is, you know, and our, our guys, you know, they, they, nobody's ever complained and we have to do it. And, and, um, but again, it's been super organized. I mean, what, what our admin has done is just, is phenomenal. And, and, um, you know, and it makes life easier. It makes our days easier that it's on these, you know, the, the schedule's perfect. We know where we're supposed to be. You know, it's quick in and out. and We can get to practice and we can get grinding. Well, you mentioned them, so give them a big shout. Brian Peters and the rest of your assistant coaches have been working their butts off out there at Bull Diamond at Blair Field because when you guys came back, it was all-day practices. You got to do them in groups, got to keep them in their little cohorts and stuff. Uh, yep. Petey and the boys have been uh, earning their money out there, huh? They have, man. They're, they're just phenomenal. I, I just, I'm so lucky to have those guys around me. They're the best assistant coaches in the country. Ryan Day, Joey Notch, and then obviously Brian Peters and, and Danny Costanza. I mean, those guys are the, the rock stars. And you're right. I mean, we had to find a way, you know, with the with limited practice in four weeks, we had to find a way to maximize, you know, these guys uh, um, getting them the reps in. And so we had to turn this into like small group work. And so there was basically mornings till nights, you know, and just grinding through it. And and it's still that way, you know, it's still, uh, we're still grinding like that. And we always will, but um, you know, we've had to make adjustments to how we're going to do this, you know, correctly. And, um, and it's just been different than any other year. I've done this 20 years and, you know, having to change your whole routine and how you practice is um, that's been new and, and, um, and we're learning a lot. And so, um, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I, I tell my guys this, we got punched in the mouth and, and you know what, I hate to say that that I love it, but I, I love that that we went through that and, and uh, let's move forward with this because champions, man, they can get off the mat and, 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 and they'll find a way to win. So you guys are hosting CSUN this weekend. What are you expecting to see out there? Yeah, they're going to be hungry. And they, they, they kind of like had an opposite weekend of us. I mean, they won the first game against the, at, they were at home and they won against a very, very good Cal Poly team. They won on Friday or the first game because they played Saturday, doubleheader Sunday, one game Monday. 
Um, but they won game one and then they had three dog fights and lost all of them. So they're one in three, but you know, they fought hard and they put up a lot of runs against the really good pitching staff at Cal Poly. So, um, you know, it's going to be a good weekend against a good coaching staff and an older team. Those guys, I think they have nine seniors on their team um, that are all back that are all experienced. I was doing the scouting reports um, last night and this morning, and, you know, it's a very experienced offensive ball club. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll, it's going to be a good battle again for us. Friday night starter, Alfredo Ruiz. This is the last question. You know, he's looking great. Obviously a good kid, good leader. Uh, he's got one of those uh, one of those scouts looking at him too. So what do you uh, think of him so far in his first performance and all that stuff? Yeah, no, it's time for him to wear to wear the all blacks, you know, like seminars did last year. You know, those Friday night um, at home all blacks are, are uh, you know, he's, he's pumped to put that on and be able to pitch with that, you know. And so um, he's ready. He had a good week. He threw, he threw an outstanding bullpen this week. He's ready to go. You know, he learned, he's going to learn a lot off of his last, uh, his last outing and he pitched very well, um, you know, but, but he's, uh, um, he looks good this week and, you know, we're going to put a good, good game plan together and it's going to be up to him to, uh, to execute it, you know, and go out there and do his thing. And, and so um, he, he just has to, you know, he has to let the emotions, you know, of being back at, at Bull Diamond at Blair Field, just, just relax them, be under control and, and um, take some deep breaths and then, and then get after it. And so. Um, I think he'll be fine. Great stuff, coach. Really appreciate you taking the time and we'll uh, see you this weekend. Going to bring back Andy as we get out of here. But before we do each and every week, we do our big shouts. Andy, do you have a big shout this week? I do. Uh, that time of the semester academically, my shout is to the Bakerstaff Academic Center. The work that they do with our student athletes is amazing. And, you know, we're really proud our, our, our graduate um, success rate, our GSR at 91%. That's off the charts. Uh, that comes from student athletes working hard, uh, great faculty, great staff, and then also a great academic um, unit that, that is really focused on helping those, those athletes achieve in the classroom. So I want to give them a big shout out this week and, and much appreciation. My big shout is to some former Dirtbags head coaches, John McConnell, John Gonsalves. We even had Rick Hayes. I was able to join uh, those guys for part of the Dirtbags homecoming virtual event. They're just sitting around talking old Dirtbag stories. It was incredible. John McConnell, we've mentioned him before on this show, 97 years old, still sharp as a tack, and Gonsalves had some incredible stories about taking his team on the road and uh, the way that they handled flooding at Blair Field. Guys, you have got to listen to this. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, those guys, so important in the way that this program has grown, but it wasn't always like this. You know, the, John McConnell showed up and there were two bungalows that he lived in on campus and they didn't even have Blair Field. They didn't even have a campus on field for him to have a baseball team. But now the Dirtbags, one of the most successful baseball programs in the nation. So to hear those guys tell those story were pretty cool. You got to check out Dirtbags Virtual Homecoming this weekend. If you haven't already, get to longbeachstate.com for more information. And as always, we're going to have the coverage of those games against CSUN this weekend, Friday, doubleheader Saturday, and the conclusion on Sunday at the562.org. So thank you to producer Roger. Thank you, Andy, for having us on the show. Thank you, Eric Valenzuela, for always being great on this show. And we'll see you guys very, very soon. LB Nation, take care.